Welcome to Different Gravy, not just another Sheffield Wednesday podcast. My name's Richard Miller. I'm one of the hosts, and my co-host spent the second half with his head buried in a thesaurus, so hopefully this podcast won't devolve into an hour of us just yelling, awful, 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 at each other. Your friend of mine, Dr. Luke Gledall. How are you doing today, Luke? I'm all right. I, I don't know if that's going to save, save uh, <laughs> me from... I'm just shouting awful and awful, awful and awful and awful over and over again. Uh, I do need to apologise. I've come down with uh, cold, fever, flu bug, whatever it is. So I'm a little bit hoarse today. It's time for sexy Dr. Luke. <laughs> soothing, soothing your pains with his deep, deep tones. <laughs> oh, dear. Did Lewis Holtby hurt you? Luke will make it better. <laughs> Oh, and we've recorded episode 28. <laughs> uh, we've got to try and find some, you know, light in these dark times. <laughs> I'll, um, I think we should just, you know, the, the main feast of the day is obviously digging into the... Uh, the performance at Hillsborough, uh, but before we do that, we should uh, we should look at the the week that was breaking hoo hoos. Breaking hoo hoos for this week. Uh, we saw one incoming player and one outgoing player. So uh, mm-hmm. Ash Baker headed back to the uh, the valleys and uh, joined up with Newport <laughs> County on a permanent deal. It's interesting because he's sort of been around the match day squad a few times of late, but. Uh, Oh, uh, I thought he was on the bench a couple of times recently. I don't think he's made the 18 for quite a while. Oh, okay. Well, maybe, I'll, uh, maybe I'm making things up. He's, uh, oh, yes. Well, he's, 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 rock, he's racked up some first team appearances, but then obviously maybe it was a long, it's a long time since he has. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, he's been moved, shuffled along. Um, and then in the, the other direction, we've brought, uh, we've brought in Manuel Hidalgo. So, I've just put good name, okay YouTube content because uh, there's there's a couple of quite meaty highlight packages of his uh, his last couple of seasons. Uh, but there's a lot of you're kind of looking at a couple of clips per game, and even some of those are kind of like some misses, some passes that don't work out. Um, but he looks he looks tricky. He looks um, looks quite pacey. So uh, the original the or the initial plan is for him to be involved in the under 23s but uh i wonder if we'll we'll see some first team appearances from him at, at any point it's interesting i think we've definitely got i i find it interesting especially with Urigide coming into the first team picture um especially since i think historically monk has not been known as someone who favors youth particularly okay yeah and so but it's interesting to see that and then maybe that's a kind of stepping stone and gives uh, a player like hidalgo like the opportunity to show that he can actually prove himself at like a first team level. So yeah, it, it is interesting. I think it's interesting. What is it? It's a, it's an 18 month deal basically. So he's signed until the end of next season. And I think I believe that there's a 15% sell on clause. Oh, okay. The signing. So it's something that, I mean, that's interesting. I mean, is that something that's probably obviously set up by his parent club. But so when he goes to Newport County for an undisclosed fee, half of that yes. fee is going to... Uh, yeah, fifteen percent uh, of the fifty grand we will sell yes. for Newport County. Yeah. 
and almost all of the monster, the bag of monster munch. Oh wow! <laughs> you, may well, you may as well just give them the entire bag of monster munch at that point. <laughs> well, they they are pickled onion though, so uh, even one little sniff of that pickled onion uh, monster munch is, is is worth clinging on to. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we stood our ground. <laughs> Maybe that's why Gary Monk looks so coy every week. Oh. He's a little. He's, he's the he's cat, little, who got, cat who got the monster munch. He's a little sniff of the packet. <laughs> I would be, uh, especially. We'll get onto the performance in our uh, seeming review of the unreviewable. Um, but uh, I wondered whether he would be, um, you know, hyperventilating into that monster munch bag after uh, his performance. Yeah, or at halftime, maybe. Exactly. Well. I mean, we, we we shouldn't we shouldn't dawdle really. We can we can get into that that business. Okay. So. okay. Well, I'd, you know, I'm just chomping at the bit to get started on that, Rich. <laughs> in some ways, you know, I'm sure you are. In other ways, um, you know, but it, it's a dread as well. It's uh, so we you know we, we played I mean, Blackburn we... Rovers today. We uh, we named an unchanged lineup to the team that had gone. Uh, to a very difficult Elland Road. Nobody had won at Elland Road since August. Sheffield Wednesday went there and did it and quite understandably named an unchanged team for the next game. And, uh, you know, the results were exactly the same. We got the same sort of gritty, hardworking performance rewarded with the goals at the end of the game. Wasn't that, That's what happened, wasn't it? I, I, I really... I really hate to break this to you, Rich, but uh, it it wasn't good today. It wasn't good. No. So uh, I do want to say uh, I thought it was interesting looking at the lineup. Um, I guess we're going back to this again. Where I think this is going to be the key to this is probably going to be key to outside of us shouting awful, awful, awful <laughs> at each other. Um, kind of like um, Statler and Waldorf in a, like a broken record kind of formation. I imagine. <laughs> Statler and Waldorf, the remix. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, again, it was interesting looking and think about how basically Monk has conceded that uh, New You is basically a super sub. Maybe. <sighs> yeah. So it's interesting to see that and then think again. Like, I was kind of hoping for something from Winall today. Um, but I, I put intrigued again how Winall w- will do, knowing that last time it was the late show with Adi New You. Um, that's his uh, famous chat show, also known as Big Nights with Big Dave as well. That's another working title. <laughs> but that was the interesting thing. It's just basically it seemed again that this is this seems to be our only kind of formation right now. You know, now that Fletcher is out of the picture, um, this is the best that we can muster. Uh, yeah, this is the best for a plan A. There's not even any kind of great invite to look into a plan B that can set up. I mean, you probably need to work on a plan A before you work on a plan B, realistically, right? That's a, that's a, yeah, that's a generally a good, good call. I think it's one of those, I wonder with Winall, because we have this thing, oh, you don't drop, generally people don't like to drop players when the team has won. But then when it's a game like that Leeds game, where it was one game with Winall on the pitch and it was another game once he left the pitch and one of those games we drew and the other game, the other one of those games we won. That's where I think you could make an exception, couldn't you? And break that first team that started because Winall wouldn't have been, wouldn't have had the involvement that knew you had in a month of Sundays. You know, he could have played Leeds 10 times and not had the impact that, that knew you had in his, 
his sort of 20 minute cameo. Yeah. I'm also wondering as well, we're going back to me saying the other week, um, me saying last week's podcast to talking about like, I'd almost rather he went to a four six zero. Yeah. Because we seemingly have more better options in midfield than we do up front. And it, it never really works with a one up top on the, by themselves anyway. So if we're wasting a player in a position, surely we could just bring in someone else. I don't know. I know. But then at home, it, it is hard because people, if you started at home with no striker and maybe produced similar sort of results, you'd, you'd never hear the end of it. If, if we'd lost that game 5-0. Right. So in that case, then, do you almost want to go the other way and basically just play a 4-4-2? I don't know. It, that, it, there's no, I mean, we, we went through this in great detail last week, though. There's really no good options up top for us. No, there they isn't. all no. various degrees of poorness. Of, yeah. You know, we've got 50 shades of terrible strikers is what we have. in it. The, the different combinations, the different ways you play it around... I mean, it, it, you cannot make a silk purse out of a sow's ear, and what we have is three sow's ears, and we are we're stuck until we until we can bring somebody in. It's going to be miserable in terms of the striking situation. It is, but that's largely where we bank on. Um, that's largely when any you know naturally of any team banks on any goals coming in. It's from the strike force. That's what they're there to do. They're there to put the, put the ball in the onion bag. So, and yeah, and this is just going to be a theme that we get into with talking about the game today, but just how, where are we Where are we going to score goals? Yeah. How ba- How far away can Borukov be from a first-team footballer? That's Consider- a good question. Well, I... <sighs> Considering the relative gifts of the ones that are we have already. So... I don't really want to talk too much about this, but going back to no. kind of breaking hoo-hoos, but, you know, it seems to be we are very much... Um, I, I feel like it's becoming like a a, um, a Martin Scorsese, the Irishman-length film about <laughs> a number of championship clubs at a nightclub, basically, just desperately, desperately horny for a striker. Just anything. Uh, just anything would do. And it's just, it is just tumbleweed city at, uh, you know, at the meat markets. And yeah. it's a very long, protracted, drawn out saga of teams looking around for this great striking hope. You know, again, it's a whole platitude of, oh, we're only, you know, and this isn't for us. I, I don't think we're a team that's creating bags and bags of chances. But, you know, you heard that, that kind of platitude with teams that, Oh, we stroke the ball yeah. around. Like, oh, we're just a. All we need is a twenty-goal striker. That's all yeah. we need. Yeah. And then that's the difference. I'm like, well, that's the difference for everybody. And that's twenty-goal sh- season strikers are, you know, impeccably difficult to find. Oh yeah. In this wasteland. But I'm almost getting to the point, and it's. I I know there's a lot of gamesmanship, and there's a lot of who blinks first, and I, we will bring in someone by the end of this window. Um, I guess the difficult thing now is. It's taking some really interesting turns. That basically, uh, Niketia, Eddie Niketia, yeah. basically said he's going to stay, or Arsenal decided he's going to stay at the club. He yeah. actually came on against uh, against the Pigs today, and and then for a little twist of the turn as well. I don't know if you saw this, Rich, but uh, Connor Wickham came on uh, and yes. and had a part to play in the equalising goal against Man City today for Crystal Palace. So it's really looking very strange. I think I heard something. I don't know if that's just happening, but um, I mean, things that we've missed out on, we missed out on Brewster going to Swansea. 
there seems to be the Swansea Liverpool connection yeah. thanks to the uh, the Swansea City manager. So that's done. Um, what else is happening? Jonathan Codger. Oh yeah. Seemingly looking like he's going to Qatar. Wow. By the sound of things, and he would be someone who I would have thought we would have been in for. Uh, Forrest yeah. seems to be back in their eyelashes in that in that direction, but that's not seems to have come off. So. Yeah, it's just, who is that? And I'm almost getting to the point where I'd almost genuinely think just anybody would be better than the options we have. Well, that's the thing. You're talking about a 20-goal-a-season striker, and at the moment, a 10-goal-a-season striker would be unbelievably good for us. I I also wonder as well, we seemingly have a scouting network. We seemingly now have a lot more of a scouting network and scouting personnel than I've known at the club for a fair amount of time. I want to yeah. say, yeah. Even if we're still under some degree of a influence, maybe from agents, I I just feel that there must be some ish, There must be some players that we can find in this situation. Yeah, you'd hope so. Yeah, that would be hope so. And I'd really imagine that this is the thing. We're always playing this game. We're always playing this game as Wednesday. Um, we're just waiting to the last minute to get that kind of slight, slight mild advantage on a deal. But then, as you say, it just feels like we've been in this... We're constantly playing this. We're constantly playing We're this constantly game of just... Of and we sitting, really... Sitting, com- painfully sitting on our hands while we watch games and situations pass us by where maybe a different player would be the difference and maybe a bit of fresh blood like this introduction we've seen the past two games with Ogahide gives everyone a bit of a boost, um, changes things up a little bit, and it's just not happening. I'm just wondering as well... I think anybody would be a welcome addition because realistically, I think we've really written off um, we've written off the set of strikers hugely. Um, I still think that going into out of contract, I don't I don't mind a player like Winall. I think Rhodes is a, a huge expense we can't afford to have. I'd like ideally we should be seeing more from Sam Winall, but we don't see that. I like what we see of Adi New. You'd like to see a bit more often. So I like having him as a fourth or fifth striker at the club. It's it's not ideal, but ideally we would still have better options than that. So we're still in this situation where Fletch is injured. Um, I don't know if that's going to be him done for his career at Wednesday. Yeah, it's a really interesting situation to look at. Since he's probably one of the most highly paid players at the club. He's going to have five or six games to show us what sort of fettle he's in, isn't he? At the end, and yeah, yeah. We'll see how that goes. But and then I mean, I mean we had that with uh, we had that with Gary Hooper. Yes, I mean Gary Hooper came back and probably looked like maybe he was going to stick around. So it was surprising to see him gone. We've also now got the situation of you know do we ever class Fernando Forestier as a striker? Um, we know he's a football player at times. Um, he certainly yeah. isn't a winger. So what is he? He could. I, I would say. I would say he would do a similar sort of role to Winall, probably a little bit better than Winall at this stage. Yeah, but again, it's not particularly. Uh, it it doesn't really uh, make our panties wet, does it? With anticipation. No, no, it doesn't. But that, this is unfortunately <laughs> the situation we're in. I mean, I know. All, I know. All, shockingly bad i but i'm genuinely getting to the point and again i'm maybe alongside sheffield wednesday in the nightclub just getting seemingly desperate for any any female attention at this point but um but i would genuinely think at this point i think if we bring in a proper target man that would be markedly better than the options we have right now 
Because New Year's not quite that, right? He's just it's the fact he's immobile is is the is the is the biggest drawback. Uh, in some ways, he he would be the best option because at least if you can count on him to a degree, which is a big question mark but if if you can guarantee a kind of low level of performance out of him every week then his physicality lets us kind of build a platform in the game you just got to then make sure the legs get in behind him and try try and read his flick-ons which no nobody knows when he will win a flick on and nobody knows where it will go when he gets that flick on because right he has no idea so you're asking those those speedy players to somehow you know win the lottery with where they decide to run but outside of that yeah he's the most natural fit i can understand why we've gone for win all but it felt like it feels like we got away with it against leeds and today it just was all of the bad bits and nothing of none of the positives. Yeah. Yeah. So what you basically said about New Year is basically like we said previously, it's the complete opposite from Fletcher. So this is the situation we're in. I but I genuinely think that if if we even even had like an old kind of haggard battering ram of a striker, I think it'd be better going like going with that as the target man in the four four two. Yeah. Um, rather than adding New Year. And I'd rather like to see New Year as this um, you know, the late show. It was the late, the, the late show host that is at the new you. Was it Howard we got at the end of his I mean he was so Yeah, dark. I know, I know. And I almost I really hate myself for seeing this, but a player almost like Howard. Yeah, but that's it. He was able him. to kind of he knew what he was supposed to do and was just about fit and mobile enough to do it. And all you're really doing as that target man is trying to make the make the ball stay in the half a little bit longer yeah so yeah which i just i'm feeling again like (laughs) but again i'm almost feel like i'm maybe going to go into myself now but basically like i think just anyone with we got we got two things basically like we get a proven striker who's going to cost us big bucks to drop down you know but it's looking like maybe the situation is not going to happen. You know, it's such a finite resource, you know, and there's so many other clubs desperate for, for a player like that and in the market for that as well. It's not just like, yeah, we'd like that. Teams are actively looking for that striker. And yeah, absolutely. So uh, it's almost then a situation of thinking, like, we need to make a speculative pun on someone. So it, it, this character can be a few different versions. We could have two of them. We could have a player who has that pace, who is young, and we could have that one who's a target man. It doesn't matter what age that is. I'm just saying for that sense, maybe a sense of wild, you know, sense of wiliness and kind of, you know, gamesmanship up front. Yeah, yeah. And it's especially just... looking at today was basically like so much of the time it wasn't working, you know, pithing it around at the back and playing it short under such high pressure on a high press line from Blackburn. And I, you know, I resent myself for being on a podcast and I, I don't think that I'm the one who, out of the two of us, who has a better, I think you have a much better read of the game than I do, Rich. And I feel like maybe it's kind of this panic in set from Hillsborough, but to mm. a certain degree, I think actually just hoofing it long and playing it long and playing it direct would be far more beneficial and having someone who yeah. can actually try and be an outlet because then we're just basically just pushing the play up the field and we can get into this, but we didn't do that at all today. There no. was just zero, zero threatening, zero possession or play in the opponent's half. It was staggering how bad and it was. Monk said in his post 
game interview that we sort of turned down the opportunity <laughs> to play now a couple of times as well. I I like that wording. That's uh... yeah. Well, it it does put it shows you where the he's putting the the onus on, doesn't it? Mm. He's not saying that they did so brilliantly to keep us out, but he's saying we you know we turned round, we played it back, we played it square when we were given those opportunities. Um, right. So we, I mean, we've talked we have talked a lot about the strike. I, I, hopefully, we can cook up something striker wise, but it is it's but really I mean, hard to see. Yeah. It's going to be a succession between until we get somebody, if, and if we don't get somebody, it'll just be this till Fletcher's back. It will be. I don't think we're going to ha- happen upon a thing that works constantly. It will just be trying to come up with a new trick to yeah get a I... chance or two out of the defense, every, out of the opposition every every game uh, because there's just nothing there quality wise. You you we we all three of those players have been tried up front on their own. All three of them have been tried in combination with each other. They've never worked in either of those those roles. Um, <laughs> uh, to, 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 apart from Nui, Nui on his own has been effective. That's the only thing that's worked really out of any of the Rhodes and Nui doesn't work. Uh, Rhodes and Winall doesn't work. Rhodes on his own doesn't work. Winall on his own doesn't work. The only thing that has ever worked is is Nui on his own, and even even that is like a ten percent chance of it working but that's the best percentage chance we have so outside of that you're looking at another person coming in whether that's somebody from the existing squad or or somebody from outside but uh, what we're saying about us being here before is it just feels like we've always been in this situation of looking for that striker and waiting we will get someone and that someone more often than not has not been somebody up to the task you know, David Graham, I'm thinking of, Stevie May, um, <laughs> you know, Howard was one of those. There's just been so many, you know, players drafted in to play that role. And so often they've just been terrible. <laughs> mm. And my worry is it just happens again. We rustle up some body from somewhere and whether they're able to do the job, I just don't know. But but then we know what the outcome is with the, the three strikers we have at the moment. So hoping for anything better out of them feels like madness. It feels like a worse dice roll than getting someone new in, right? Yeah. I thought I would be able to think of more useless strikers that we've brought in. Feeney? Warren Feeney. Who could remember? Who could forget? Who could remember is a, is a good Who could remember who that. could forget? I'm, I'm wondering if it's a, um, a kind of Schrodinger's box of remembering and forgetting with his 13 minutes. <laughs> like, I mean, in a sense, who could forget it? But, I mean, also who could remember it as well at the same time? It's kind of both. You know, absolutely. Oh, um, so let's look at the match itself. Uh, you know, let's let's do this I, in the kind of um, clockwork orange style. Let's uh, <laughs> let's matchstick open our eye eyeballs and force ourselves to uh, take a long, hard look at the match that happened. <laughs> um, so I, I have to hold my hands up. Apologies. And it seems like a good uh, decision on the back of this. But I was in. Uh, London yesterday evening seeing a uh, musical concert performance um, and was making my way back whilst the match was on. So I was listening to Radio Sheffield's commentary. Um, I wasn't sure whether iFollow was having a bad time or whether it was just the Wi-Fi on the train being a bit patchy, but um, 
it was a struggle to follow. They seemed very, very, particularly far behind the actual action. And uh, and then in the second half, it was really very juddery as well. But So that was my extent of following. You, you were able to, to follow along on, on the stream, uh, which is something, you know, folks overseas are allowed to do, but not, not people in the UK. Uh, so how did we start? So they, they, the first thing that's marked on the on the timeline of the match is, is a yellow card for Julian Berner. Um, but how did how did we how did we start? How did we kick off, Luke? Just kind of under the cosh, basically. Just uh, just seemingly not really having any great forward thinking or forward play. Mm, yeah. Um, just under pressure from Blackburn, they were really getting at us and. Yeah, we just looked so incredibly um, hesitant, right? Yeah, and cagey. And you you made a, a a note of just how much they were pressing. So that was right from the off. They were sort of in our faces, basically. Yeah, and yeah. Um, it was just an absolute onslaught from Blackburn. And I, you know, yep, we were very poor today. Blackburn were very good, and it was it was just insane. I, I wondered the nature of the championship. I mean, we've this is a huge result that nobody would have predicted. No, no. And it's, it, um, it's, it's just it's our remarkable. Old yeah. yeah. Sorry. It's our old friend again uh, after the Lord Mayor's show. Yes. I just wish Gary Monk and the team would listen to us, follow, you know, walk under the banner with us of all Lord Mayor's show all the time. <laughs> If it's always the Lord Mayor's show, there's never an after the Lord Mayor's show. This party never stops. <laughs> I, I really enjoy the bits, Rich, where you sound a little bit Jerry Seinfeld-esque. <laughs> it's probably my favourite bits from our, from our conversations. Oh, ding, 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 So after, after, so that, so that yeah, there was the, the Bernie Yellow card. Which was very much a deserved yellow. And can we just get on to the... Yes. Um, a lot of people have made a note about, and we'll talk about a little bit here, the referee who's uh, an Australian chap who was promoted from the Australian leagues to come over to the UK. And prior to this game, in 15 games, he'd given out 59 yellow cards. And the last game he'd, before this one, he'd given out eight yellows. Staggering. So basically, he's he's rocking an average of about just under four yellow cards a game. That's, that is astonishing, isn't it, really? It is pretty, pretty staggering. So I wasn't surprised with the, the yellow for Burner was actually deserved. It was a pretty okay. cynical um, one that we gave away. So that was, yeah, the first kind of bit of action in the game, I should say. There weren't many uh, ye- yellow cards this game, but I suppose we didn't get close enough to Blackburn to um, to lay a glove on them most of the time. <laughs> you know, c- considering his average must be up there at about 15 a game. Today he only handed out two, uh, and obviously a red card. Um, so what did you think of his overall refereeing performance? We, well, no, let's get... We should cover the first goal, because the first goal comes first. So we started badly, um, a justified yellow for, for, for Berner, and then 19th minute, uh, Adam Armstrong, who just looked like he was a pain in our backside all game, uh, sort of wriggled away from Urigide, and, uh, and then Holtby uh, finished up. Uh, after a Dawson save, flap, pass... It wasn't good for Dawson. Mm-hmm. Sort of straight at him, could have caught it. It wasn't moving particularly fast, and he kind of palmed it into the middle of the goal or, or very close to the middle of the box. 
so did you feel that was coming at that stage? It was. I guess the interesting thing was that it wasn't a game where you look back and you think, oh, we've really, you know, there's a lot of pressure and they're very dominant at that point, Blackburn, but really kind of, I didn't feel there's any great chances prior to that. I'll be honest. It looked worrisome, you know, as I was concerned about because we, we didn't look like we had a handle on the game whatsoever. But it could um, have just been one of those momentum swings in the game kind of thing. A little bit. It, it didn't feel a little bit like we were, you know, we were talking about the game against Leeds last week. And yes. um, there were so many missed opportunities from Leeds in that last that game last week. And yeah, it, it's... Uh, it, but it didn't feel like, hey, we've got so many clear-cut chances. I mean, the interesting thing was they're free north at half-time. It's, uh, however, the whoever does the um, the statistics at half-time, however they run that and rule that, yeah. basically they had three goals from one clear-cut chance. Wow. So it felt a little bit interesting. I, I remember there was a game, I think we are in League One. I think it might be in the promotion season or the year before the promotion season. We are aware NK Dons and we drew the game one all. And there wasn't one shot on target because basically both were own goals. Yes, I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So it it just felt that. I is mean, that that's the interesting of... thing is you. We can sorry. We I don't mean to jump ahead too much, Rich, no, no. but like those first three goals, they were all impeccably scrappy. Very. Yeah. So the first one was that was a sort of Armstrong's pretty tame shot straight at Dawson, and then he did react very well to the the palm out and and headed it across for Holtby to, to, to slide home. Um, the second one, you know, it's a decent shot through a, bo- a crowd of bodies. Dawson gets a good hand to it, which 99 times out of 100 probably tips it around the post or tips it to the post and bounces out. But this time it bounced off his heat. <laughs> and then there, yeah, that third one is just kind of like a bundle of bodies headed towards the goal and... Again, Armstrong picked out picked out his man in that in that pile of players, and uh, and it's just a tap in, really, isn't it? What do you, what did you make of the sending off? It's a, it's a pivotal moment. It wasn't the be all and end all, and I think Monk was sort of at pains to say we weren't we you know we weren't at the races before then. We can't blame the the sending off. Um, but what did you make of it? I you know it's interesting. I I can really see this in two ways. Yeah. The more I look back at it, I'm still completely unsure. So I think it can go either way. And that sounds like I'm really sitting on the fence with this one. And think... it's a giant cop-out from what I'm saying. But but then I... I don't know. I can also see why. So let's let's kind of JFK this. Um, it's coming in. Um, whoever the... I can't, who's the Blackburn player? Who kind of slides to kind of clear oh, a ball? Yeah, I'm not sure. Was it Travis? I think I so. Yeah, Lewis Travis. And so he clears it. So basically, Luongo's running into it. So he doesn't. He he kind of comes out of the challenge fully. Yeah. But the question really is: is does he leave his boot in? And uh, I think with the slides, I'm I'm going to say. I think he does. I know. That's I think I think it looked fairly innocuous full pelt. So I think if I was at the match I'd be saying that's never a yellow. It's never it's it may be a yellow but never a red. Mm. But I think it's one of those that looks particularly bad when you watch it back in slow motion because yeah, it's an unnecessary he doesn't need to make any contact with him. He's so so late really. The ball is long gone by the time Luongo gets there. 
and the fact he makes any contact at all makes you think well he's kind he's that's an unnecessary thing he's he's chosen to do there um and then it's then it becomes varying degrees of how bad was what he did because i think from some angles it looks like he just sort of hoofed his lead leg which would have been fairly natural as part of the contact and that that was the one that travis was rolling around holding but it also looks a little bit like he kind of caught his trailing leg as well uh, and i think that's what the referee was kind of saying was a stomp so or a stamp um, what's the difference between a stomp and a stamp <laughs> is there one i don't think it came up in my study of the thesaurus uh, earlier on so you didn't get that far I did not, um, no. but it I can absolutely see why the referee's given it. I yeah. have no confidence that it's going to get overturned. And no. it feels like another, uh, you know, another chapter in the saga of why on earth can't Luongo get a run in this team for us? Because there just seems to be something every time. You know, he's he's fallen yeah. ill. He's got a knock yeah. in the head. He's had international duty. He, you know, and now this, he, you know, he could easily miss three games through this. Um, it's a real shame because he looks like a very useful player. Uh, I, I, I'm, I don't think either of us are saying that he went there trying to get a red. You know, it's not like a, it's not a malicious tackle. But I think he's a guy that likes the kind of rough and tumble of the game in the same way Sam Hutch- Hutchinson does. And he has, he's made sure he's he's touched him. I don't think he's tried to foul him. I don't think he's tried to break his leg. He's not like Ryan Shaw crossing it. This is not. You know, studs halfway up your shin with you, or you know, on your weight-bearing leg. It's not that sort of a tackle. But he, you know, in in the parlance of the uh, of Sunday League, he's he's tried to do him a little bit, and the ref seen it in clear sight and and punished him for it. Um, so I don't think we can have too much too many complaints with that. Really, it's a yeah. shame. It's early on in the game. You could argue that it's kind of ruined the rest of the game as as a contest. It has. Um, it really has. But it's again. It's self-inflicted um but just again disappointing the most the the most disheartening thing is that that uh, as i say that means luongo is probably not going to play for another three games and being him by the time he's eligible to play again he'll probably be injured again so (laughs) yeah we'll probably won't see him for a month Mm. um so well that's just really depressed me now rich sorry It is. It is. It's distinctly disheartening. I, I mean, we were talking about the the Fletcher, uh, well, the striking situation, and that is. I mean, this season, when we come to look back on it, has just been full of such weird things. And and I think I do think Luongo's part of that in that he seems so useful and helpful, and then has 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 just had such a stuttering time with us. And then oh. on top of that. You know, obviously the season started with the weirdness of Bruce leaving, you know, days before the season starts. It's just it's just been a really odd season all told. And then it's almost natural that we've we've now lost our best player by miles for, you know, a good quarter of the season. Because why not? Because this is a weird year and all of the weird stuff is happening and none of it's good weird stuff. <laughs> Um, so you know, well, yeah, why not? Why not have a, a huge chunk of time without Stephen Fletcher? Um, so, so their second goal was really the mo- of in a in a game filled with calamities of errors. Um, 
that that really that second goal was was the most calamitous and error, error strewn. It's uh, really the uh, the cherry on this era Sunday, wasn't it? Really, it was. And uh, you know, after the ball bounced off his face, Cameron Dawson might have the uh, the, the red cherry to to top everything off. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the ball breaks out wide quite quickly. It's a good. It's a good. Um, you know, it's a good bit of passing and movement from Blackburn to isolate Fox. Reaches jogging back very slowly. Um, never, ever gets back into position, but that means that people are sort of shuttling across to try and fill that space. And then in the middle of that, they have a decent shot, uh, which we talked about, Dawson clipping, sort of getting a, a fingertip to. And then it <laughs> it it meets a near post header, uh, which which was deftly put away, but it unfortunately happened to be Dawson's near post head, <laughs> so no chance of saving it. Um, we then we were preparing Ati Nuiu to come on at that point, which I I don't know I I I really I don't know in a similar in a kind of inverse of how we talked about the game against Forest, where basically whoever the Forest manager is came out and said you know. It, it's you could sub the entire team, so yeah. In effect, then it became this nullifying thing of who you know you shouldn't really sub anyone. But I didn't feel that it was that was a bad substitution, in my opinion. Okay, I would have. What would I have done? I don't know. I mean, it's pretty poor anyway. Would you have been tempted um, to bring on Hutch to just kind of stabilise things in the middle? That was or? that was my fault, especially after maybe after Luongo left. Yeah. Pitch. Maybe we should have done that sooner to just stay lit up and just get a handle on this game. But I mean, that's really that's a real twenty twenty hindsight. Let's be honest in relation to this. But it's but it, um, we needed to do something to, to try and grasp some control of this game. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe you could have made both changes at once potentially because you were do- we were talking about one of the big problems was we just didn't have an out ball. So I suppose knew you on for for win all addresses that to an extent. But I just think by, the, by going down to ten men, you lose so many options for what you yeah, want to change when yeah. something isn't working. It's pretty pretty bad. Well, it's a punishment, isn't it? That's the that's the thing at the end of the day. It's a it's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> um, did it did Atty have any impact at all, really? Or or you sort of said we de- we never really got into their half even when he came on. So. Well, that was just, it. It was again. It was. It's this kind of null, uh, null target man that we have in New You. It just didn't really look like anything. I'll be honest. Yeah, <sighs> I think he he needs very particular situations to shine New You, and that's where I think he falls down when he's a target man because he's not really a target man. He's not very good at that bit, despite the fact he's built for it. <laughs> He's not very good at it. Whereas somebody like Steve Howard, who we touched on, actually not that big of a guy, but played the game in such a kind of wholehearted way that he did make a career out of being a target man. Mm. You don't don't necessarily need the physicality. Well, you need some physicality, but you don't necessarily need to be, you know, a six foot plus person as long as you're good enough about putting yourself around. Um, but they managed to, well, just sort of almost instantly instantaneous in this in the uh the start of the second half actually sorry did, did they score before the break they did yeah they did. basically okay. it was the 45th plus one minute yeah stop right time. okay yes we're seeing it listed as 46 because normally that's the first minute of the second half isn't it so they managed to get their third goal 
which is just one of those we've all sat at, at Hillsborough and felt that experience of you kind of feel the wave rolling towards the goal and it seems unstoppable somehow and they just sort of bundled through several challenges all of the Wednesday team ends up back in the box to the point where when Holtby sort of poked it over the line Adam Reach was somehow lying down in the goal being the one trying to to stop it on the line uh to look at some shampoo. some kind of odd positives. Um, okay. <laughs> this isn't really a positive. We're very fluid in defensiveness. Probably probably so fl- probably so fluid. If we, if we had this fluidity going forward, like players interchanging and players being in this position, and oh wow, look, reaches up front, and this player's holding back, and players are cycling and moving into space. If we had that going forward, then <laughs> then that would be something. That really would be something. But when you have that defensively, <coughs> excuse me, it's bad. It's really bad. It's bad to see Reach defending stuff. It's bad to see Bannon getting moved out of position, really stretched into new positions defensively. I like that defensive fluidity is a real... I could see that coming up as a who scored strength of Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> it's, it's really becoming a new part of this negative playmaking. <laughs> Nobody really, knows uh, where they need to be. But then really... I think- we're really writing the book on this, Rich. I think we really are. <laughs> that the is Sheffield Wednesday team pioneering in going backwards. <laughs> but that, I, do you know, actually, it, that is an interesting point because um, what one of the things Monk is very um, vocal about is players winning their individual battles. And also, quite often, we do line up with with players man-marking in the, in the, in the defence. So you will see... Um, you will see the right back in the left wing position and you'll see uh, Iorfa in particular following the front man all, all around the pitch. So I do th- think a team like Blackburn, who are clearly sort of set up with a, a midfield that's designed to kind of break out, whether that's ha- ha- a tactic that, that's going to do well against us more often than not, actually, because it's... Um, because we're trying to be so rigid and manage the game in that way, the way to break that is to overload us. So they, looking at their their sort of average player positions, they've got both fullbacks in our half. That's their average position. They've got two holding guys um, who would have been uh, Downing and Travis, but then everybody else is pretty far forward. So by having four players and then the wingers uh, the the fullbacks push on that's maybe their attempt to just overwhelm us with with too many players to keep picking up mm-hmm. um oh our um, average player positions looks truly bizarre I think that was the thing looking at was um, someone pointed that out I think it was maybe Peter Lohman on Twitter um, when I was looking at his feed today and but basically yeah it was just it's so strange this game. In just so many different ways. We've got. I will put. The, I will put a picture in the show notes. But it's b- sort of burner in the centre on his own, and then everybody else in in a sort of semicircle round him. Uh, it's really, really o- very odd. Um, so, do you think uh, basically uh, burner's almost in the midst of some kind of act of dogging, and the rest of the players are just sitting around watching? <laughs> Of course, that's immediately where my mind is. <laughs> yes, Luke. <laughs> so some just awful, painful, negative sex act conducted by Julian Burner and everyone else just uh, 
just stands around in their grotty tracksuits on a really cold, <laughs> cold, shivery January day and just watches. And that's about the effect of this game. There is a visual for this loss to Blackburn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Dear. Uh, <laughs> um, so the then, only thing I so let's look at some old kind of poor positives as well. Oh, good. Um, yeah. We had a long free kick that was good. possibly the Wednesday highlight, which didn't come to much, but that looked like our big attacking moment. And bar actually prior to that, we had um, there was a good bit actually about just after we conceded the first one as before, Luongo went off, but there was some kind of scrappy kind of interchange. And we seem to be, like, doing what Blackburn were doing to us, which is basically, like, coming at us like an absolute steam train and basically just finding ways to kind of feather the ball around us, you know, just kind of battle the ball through, which seemed to happen so okay. many times from Blackburn's perspective. And yeah. we, had a, we had a chance like that in the first half, which came to Murphy, and then he just put a very tame kind of shot directly at the Blackburn keeper. Okay. Oh, dear. So... <sighs> I, I like that those are the positives, and they've maybe made me even more upset than the. Uh, but that's what we next. had to show for any like attacking purpose. That's what we had to show. So you didn't like the first sub, Luke. What did you make of the next two? Um, just before we get to that, I want to say the oh, half-time sorry. statistics. I probably enjoyed the I follow identikit kind of uh, techno dance kind of television X ten minutes preview music that was happening. You know, we're going with a very kind of grotty, perverted theme, much like we did against the game against Brighton. But this is a bad one. And um, 37.5% possession at home to Blackburn Rovers. Uh, which, as we talked about, is not always a negative for us. Sometimes having less of the ball is actually better for us. And I would say particularly at home. But then this is there's there's not having the ball and looking terrifyingly dangerous on the break. And there's not having the ball and just laying back and um, thinking of England as uh, as uh, Blackburn pummel your nails. <laughs> <laughs> but this is this this is the problem. This is the problem with the identi- the identity of Gary Monk's Wednesday side is we are expecting I think we always expect and we always expect Wednesday to dominate at home. Yeah. And to dictate the play. And we didn't at all in the slightest. Oh, and no. it didn't even work for us. No. It, the, none of the counter-attacking formation was set up. No, none of it worked. None of that drive went. Um and it's interesting to look at, like, this is just a, an absolutely incredible, really unique game that, like, I don't think even in our, um, you know, defensive fluidity, negative playmaking of Sheffield Wednesday that we've seen from this season, I don't think we will get to such a dizzying nadir as this game. Like, and I really feel bad saying that because I feel like I'm going to put the mockers on this and it's going to be a challenge for this Wednesday team to try to do. <laughs> And I really don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. So it is a, you know, we are in this point. This is a real, uh, we talked about the M. Night Shyamalan films last week. This is a Gili. This is how do you review an unreviewable game? You know, everything about this is just, you can't look at it and analyze it with a straight face, with any sense of sanity. Uh, I'm in the process almost of writing stuff on the walls of my bedroom here. Um, <laughs> It's just you can't really get your head around this. Saying that is like, in theory, seeing 37.5 possession with this K 
counterattacking Gary Monk's side should play into our benefits, but it didn't. It didn't at all. And we were just poor and bad. And I also wonder how much of this today was we just let our heads drop. I think our heads dropped just be, massive. You, I mean, I I don't know how much is to be gained going over the the rest of the goals. To be honest, I mean, it's all it's all much of a muchness that this was this was terrible. It looked particularly for me watching the highlights. It looked particularly bad for Burner. He seemed to be directly at fault for uh, almost every goal. Um, you know, just sleeping on a man, letting somebody run through clear on goal and things like that just again and again and again it really was a a a bit of a i mean everyone had a nightmare but he it feels like watching the highlights he he had he had the nightmariest nightmare which is maybe another reason why everybody was avoiding him um do you do you think he makes that sort of you know when he's dogging do you think he makes that same sort of intense eye contact that he he does on those celebration videos with the big grin i just think he's just like in the middle just giving a bunch of high fives to the rest of the players He's inviting in the other players from the semicircle to give a little kind of <laughs> few fist bumps and a few like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> that well, it gives the fist bumps and the high fives all around. Ich, ich liebe es. <laughs> <laughs> he also just has like a giant, um, he also just, just to go with a real terrible um, stereotype, <laughs> he just has a giant stein of beer. That he's just sloshing around. Probably does this as well. <laughs> so yeah, so he was I, yes. <laughs> Burner Burner was bad today, um, but I don't know who wasn't. So you were asking me before I kind of got diverted into this. So yeah, this whole this this kind of uh, this real really fervent nightmare that we were running into. Mm. You were asking me about the double substitution at halftime. Yes. I hate. I hated the double substitution at halftime. <laughs> Lee for Hutchinson, I agree with. Yeah. I, in in a sense, I agree with the mentality of it that the players that went off were bad. Well, no, the, like Lee. Lee is not. Lee was okay. Lee, unfortunately, it just is someone who sacrificed in this case, as was yeah. Winall and Urahide. Urahide had a bit of a bad game. He was yeah. targeted, and it was really, really disappointing to see. He's a good little player, Armstrong, isn't he? That that's a he'll have a he won't have many days as tough as today. I wouldn't have thought Uruguide. Mm. So I don't know. I don't. I really. But I I just wanted to see something more positive. I yeah, would have almost it's really... thought. Who would I thought? Like I mean, if you're, I mean, this definitely Hutchinson. Let's look back at the all of the substitutions. I personally didn't see the point of New You coming on at that stage. Mm. Maybe I would almost think that. I know it's difficult. You just lose so much shape by making any change. To make anything that's attacking, you lose so much shape. But then the you're three 0 down. So what's, then you're three 0 down. So what does it matter for any shape? I get that completely. I would have almost taken Murphy off for Harris. I think um, I would have taken Lee off for Hutchinson at that stage. I think I would have taken Lee off sooner for Hutchinson. Right, that yeah. would have been the first change I would have made to try and shore things up. When we're one 0 down, we've lost Luongo. It's still the game is still kind of live, mm. even though we're very much second best in this, this game. That's what I would have done at that point. Then going to it, like let's let's say the game just panned out exactly as it did. Um, then I would think about. Who can I take off? Maybe we just get rid of any width in the game completely. We didn't use any great width at all. Maybe maybe you just drag reach across and then you have, I don't know, 
it's it's madness. It's all it madness. madness. Yeah, it's yeah. madness. But it's a real shame when we're three goals down to see two basically defensive substitutions. It's not what you want to see as a player. No, it isn't. It really isn't. And to the fact that basically it's like I almost felt prior to the... I was really hoping, hoping, really crossing all my fingers that basically prior to that third Blackburn goal, hoping for a situation where maybe we could nick a goal before half time, And then that changes a bit of the feel of things. Yeah. But yeah, so not, so bringing making an, your only offensive change sort of straight after the the red card um, makes it makes so little sense when and and remember we also yeah after that rather than doing anything ourselves. Remember we also have Rhodes and Harris on the bench. Exactly, we have, we have Kadeem Harris. We didn't get to play the rich uh, the Rich Miller baller move substitution of bringing <laughs> on Harris. He's not done it twice running now. Two games, yeah. in the, two games on the chart. He's not done the, uh, he's not done the baller move of bringing on Paris. It's a, it's a, I, I, it's weird that he's suddenly fallen out of things. I mean, obviously we'll have a shake up after this game, um, but it was strange that he was he he sort of fallen slightly out of favour anyway. Uh, but really weird not to bring him on today to just kind of chase things. I don't know. It's um, yeah, it's very frustrating. It's hard to look at a five nil and go, oh, if only, mm. <laughs> you know. Mm. <laughs> it's so comprehensive a a whopping that we've taken. Um, you know, you know the thing that was really funny was before the fourth goal, Dawson made a really good save uh, from a chance before that, which led to the corner. And then I was literally just writing down, great save by Dawson before the corner. And then I was like, wow. Then scored from the corner, and that's the last of my notes. Ladies mm-hmm. and gentlemen, that I kept for this game. Ugh, they did manage to grab one more <laughs> after that. They did. They really did. Uh, which again does not uh, Berner does not cover himself in glory. Although everybody is kind of upfield uh, trying to make things happen. I, I, the thing I'm really staggered about is we were so porous. I didn't even know it was a weakness that pl- teams could just play it through us. No. So credit to Blackburn, they found a real new weakness to us because we haven't we haven't shown that previously at all. No. No, I mean, there's that's you know if you if you watch it with a completely neutral eye, the the fun of football from a tactical point of view is you know there's so many different ways to set up your eleven players, you so many different things that you can do, and there's a bit of kind of cat and mouse going on at all times. And I wonder if Mowbray just kind of in the same way that Monk seems to have Bielsa's number, I wonder if Mowbray's kind of got got our number a little bit i don't know that i did um it, it was a kind of it was a midweek uh game the two one so we didn't cover it in in huge detail um but it does feel like if we if we are setting up to follow man for man around in the defense then that, that may well leave gaps if if the if the movement's good enough and they kind of have a team that's full of players with with good movement in that in that top I, end of things. I was also wondering when I looked at the the, the side of the pitch and saw Mowbray because I I can't believe he's still there. <laughs> Just because of age, or <laughs> well, I think that too as well. Um, in a week where prior to the I think the Palace game was it uh, Guardiola said about Roy Hodgson who's seventy two, so twenty three years Guardiola's senior. Basically, I'm saying, like, you know, you must have a really dull life at home. Something <laughs> along those lines. So, um, which the press made comments that basically Roy, Roy Hodgson's wife, Sheila, wouldn't be appreciative of that one. No. Um, 
So he is, yeah, maybe he's a slightly older gentleman. But I also kind of looked at him and like, I mean, I think prior to the play, he was pretty much almost on the way out, I think, before they... I think basically Wednesday saved his job beforehand. The previous game? Yes. Maybe. I mean, they're right up there next to us now, so... They're, and hilariously, they're, they're they're were, they had a gold difference of exactly zero before this game, and now they're <laughs> plus five. Now they're plus five. So they've gone to five, and we've gone down from plus 13 to, to eight. It's just... It is just absolutely astonishing. But yeah, like looking at him, I looked at it as like... He looked like a really haggard old fox that still had a way of cunning about him. Yes. You know, he... <laughs> He developed some great Rube Goldberg machine that he could still just about work to get into the uh, to the garbage cans. They've spent some money though, haven't they? <laughs> like, <laughs> like they he's, have. Not, he's, not pulling, he's not pulling miracles out of thin air. Like Gallagher's uh, was a was a pricey signing, wasn't he? He was ten million pounds or something like that. Something ridiculous. And they've also hilariously they brought on um, what's his chops, Breton. Yes. signed from Forest for about six million. Yeah. And they've actually talked about him, like, saying that he needs to go out and loan. And he's one of your highest signings in recent times. Yeah, strange. It's just insane. So, yeah, I don't know. They're a very weird team, Blackburn Rovers. But again, and, and this is the funny thing, was that I think apparently Mowbray said about as previous to the game was, Sheffield Wednesday, the type of team we should be beating. Wow. <laughs> so they've just come out there with just absolutely just tossing back their gentleman's agreement back and forth. <laughs> In with just sheer cockiness and arrogance. Yeah, yeah. And they've absolutely just, just done away with us on two occasions. Yeah. Today with a lot more panache and style than previously. Previously, it felt like we were robbed a little. But you can't really disagree with it. No. Like, this this was the thing, was that we were terrible today. We were absolutely awful, awful, awful. And Blackburn were really good. Blackburn yeah. were, like, astonishingly really good. And what happened? It was just I insane. just don't know. Surely this must be just as frustrating for Gary Monk. Like, how do you account for doing what we did the last two weeks? So this exactly the same team, pretty much, goes out and really just completely convincingly handles Brighton, a Premier League team. Granted, they made a few changes, but we made just as many changes. So... You know, we, we, we comfortably dispatch with uh, a Premier League team in the Cup. We then follow that up with maybe our best performance of the season away at Elland Road. Again, the same lineup. And then for the third game, you put those same players out on the pitch and they produce what happened today. The complacency, I just don't understand. The mentality of our group of players is completely bizarre. It's so, so strange. And it seems like the the moment there's a modicum of sort of an air of anything celebratory or, or any complacency, we seem to dine out on it. To the extent where it just ruins whatever we anything good we had going. Because from finding a kind of, oh, this is a midfield three that's kind of useful, it's got a bit of creativity, a bit of hard work, well, we're going to have to completely rip that up and start again. And, oh, um, Murphy's looking dangerous on the right wing and being on the left wing is really helping reach out. Well, you have the game like today where neither of them are bothered helping out their fullback at all, leaving us completely exposed. I genuinely think what we've gone with today... So this is the problem. Like It works well for us when we're away from home, this formation. Yeah. This setup, this mentality works perfectly for us. It's so good for us. 
at home it doesn't work. So in effect, do we need another do we need another option? Because we've lost we've lost three games on the bounce at home, Rich. So again, like do we need do we need a plan B to the plan A, which the plan plan A doesn't look very fully formed. But I think we need multiple plans. Like the thing that really upset me today was um the thing that really upset me was that we didn't come out, we didn't look to actually score a goal or two or three or four, however many, you know, we didn't ever look like even scoring one. No. I, like I say, though, this is the... Uh, you're right. I mean, having a plan A, plan B. But then today, from the sounds of it, it didn't sound like Blackburn played like an away team. No. So sh- should it make a big difference? I do think Hillsborough is not helping. It is not helping in these, these moments where things are, are not so good. You know, I, you could hear fans getting on getting it. Uh, Urigide after he'd made a mistake or two that doesn't help but then it's always a chicken and egg thing with the crowd and levels of excitement there needs to be something from the from the team to make us feel excited and involved we can't start from scratch being all excited because we've been burned too many times Mm. Uh, so yeah it's it's very tricky and we are playing with a, a decidedly limited hand when it comes to what we can do offensively particularly at home at home is is the hardest thing but that the, the last two games has been teams sitting in and nicking a goal and then sitting in even harder that's one problem that's what we normally mean when we say oh we need something at home what blackburn did today was not what those other teams have done they railroaded us they chased Completely. us all around the park. They scored five goals. They kept coming. At no point did they sit back and watch us play. That's what the frustration in those other games has been. We just couldn't. We never. We didn't look dangerous and couldn't create anything. But today we just didn't. We weren't up for the fight. That's a different problem. It's a worse problem. Yeah. Just make you all depressed again. <laughs> a little bit. Um, the I, want other... a, I want a rerun of the tears of last week, but this time these are these are sad tears. Yeah. Um... I so another odd positive as well to add to the list. So when the when the Wednesday Twitter reported the final score and they did a picture, yes, um, the whatever typeface they used for the five that uh, Blackburn put, it looks really nice. That's good. <laughs> I just had a few seconds and just my um, kind like, of okay. you know my ill sleep deprived haze. That I'm coming through around, just you, you know, appreciated could not believe. I just had, I had a little look at it, and I'm like, it "Looks nice. It's a nice, it's a nice curvy five. <laughs> nice round number. Lovely." Get to dust it off. Mm. Oh dear. <laughs> you also think as well. Um, somebody did mention. I think it might be Peter Loman on Twitter. This is probably the worst Wednesday performance we've seen since uh, maybe home to Burton Albion. Yes, that was an absolute stinker, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So, any other thoughts? I mean, it's, I mean, obviously, it's not often we lose five nil. I think this is the first time in like eighteen years or something like that. Yeah, it's a it's real the first time since we've lost at home five nil since I think two thousand one. We lost at home to Norwich five nil. Right. So yeah, I mean, it's a, it's an absolute sickener, and it's come against a team that. Um, just like Mowbray approaching Wednesday, it's the sort of team we should be beating. Uh, we've got a lot to do to pick ourselves up from here, haven't we? I know. And the next, I don't know. The, also, the next difficult thing is we've got the next games on Friday. Um, yes. We've got the Friday night kickoff away at QPR for the QPR. FA Cup. Who've just beaten Leeds themselves. Leeds. And also, I think they. I think just prior to in the Cup, they 
They put five past Swansea, didn't they? I think. Yep. Uh, they did I, in between times. They ha- they did get beat three one by Brentford, but I can just see that going pretty badly. I want to say. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Looking ahead to next week, it could be just as bad again. Um, and then we've got so, Wigan, who we normally do Wigan. all right against, but again, we've is also that had home or is that away? Against, um, the Wigan matches. They're both away matches, so two away matches in a row. We could do okay away against Wigan. Um, but I'm not looking forward to that FA Cup game. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> it's the magic of the cup. Anything could happen. Here's hoping something changes our minds. Uh, how, in what universe are we getting Connor Wickham now if he's playing football for Crystal Palace? Ooh, I, I don't know. It could still be surprising. But I don't think it's going to be. It feels like that's a, that's Uncater kind of gone. It feels like Wickham's going to be unlikely. I just It's really getting down to either a very, very expensive gamble to wade in with the big boys or, yeah, very slim pickings. Ugh. Anyway, right. Um, so do you want to take a sort of... We're not going to do player, uh, like rate every single player in the team, but do, do you want to pick out uh, some, some, some maybe... Uh, Bright, brighter glimmers amidst the um, the nonsense, or or uh, or particularly uh, particular villains um, of the piece. I I want to say I feel sorry for Urugahide. Um I don't know where next for him. I I'm really worrying that this is. I don't want to throw because here's the problem. It's not like we have great options. I'm not happy with Lee's coming back into the picture. But then we've just lost five 0 I know he was on the pitch for. I know, but I just I don't think right now he's the I don't I don't want to make very I wouldn't if I was monk be want to make very very strong defensive changes mm. even though we've lost five nil. That might seem ridiculous. I really like the partnership. I like this back four. Would you think about obviously Dawson had a, a pretty big hand in two of the goals. Would you think about bringing Westwood back in, seeing how he's doing? Well, seeing who knows what's happening? Game is a cup game. Who knows what's happening in Westwood? Because I mean, he's uh, he's not in the starting eighteen again. He seems to be there training, though. I just don't think he likes the thought of being a sub very much. Sure, sure. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, in a weird way. I mean, I'm saying I don't like these things. Uh, Monk will do what he wants. I I wouldn't see. I don't want to, with the exception of Luongo, who's going to be suspended. They will appeal that. I don't think that's going to go anywhere. No. Like it's kind of said. Um, I, I just, I don't want to throw, I don't want to throw the, was it the baby out with the bathwater? Yeah. Don't want to do that. No. Well, that's the thing is, it, it, you, t- do, you could look at this performance and go, it's so bad, it's just a complete aberration. You know, it's no use. Well, you could do. Picking yeah, and over I, individuals and, and, and trying to single people out because everybody was so bad across the piece that how do you... You know, there was nobody stood out positively because I mean, it was I, all it was all bad. I don't think I feel bad for Dawson. Yeah, but I then think that, he's had he, a his pretty poor for run of it. I think today he's he's not helped by the defence in front of him at all. He's not, but then he's made in his own individual errors that have really not helped. Doesn't everybody, even in a bad performance, everybody has to do their own things well? It's not, yeah. It's not good enough to just go, oh, it was bad. Yeah. So, no, yeah, it's that. exposed. And if you're beaten by wonderful chances or, or or unlucky sort of ricochets and things like that, like, 
the if the first goal happened without his involvement at all, you know, it just ends up being that volley and that goal that kind of bounces off Fox. Well, okay, Dawson is not to blame for that bit of that goal. The thing is, he's to blame for the first. Well, part of a, a big part of the blame of the of that chance happening because that was rubbish goalkeeping, palming it out straight to the man who just had a shot at you. Yeah. You no, put it over it. the bar, you catch it, you put it wide of the post. You absolutely do not double-handedly, tamely palm it straight back to the guy. It was, it was like a it was a bit like a volleyball assist, wasn't it? Let's it was. So that is, I mean, and I think I've got this, I've not gone back to kind of poured over the, 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 the video to sort of find it, but it was very reminiscent of, I think he, he gave away another goal like that earlier this season. The same sort of thing where he's just kind of like covered his face with his hand and not really reacted particularly well to what came afterwards. Now I know it was a good, it was a good finish and it, and it took a deflection so that it was, it's hard to make the save afterwards, almost impossible probably to make the save. Um, but maybe you can charge out and make yourself big or something. I don't know. But it, the first bit is not good goalkeeping. And then the one, the own goal, once again, yes, he, you know, it, it's it comes through a crowd of bodies. He will have seen it very late. Maybe it's harsh to criticise him on it. But the fact he got a touch on it means maybe he could have got more of a touch on it and it could have gone around the post. I mean, if he, if he's, you're now talking about inches in terms of where his fingers actually made contact with the ball and just how strong his touch was and all of if any of those things were a bit stronger or he was a bit down a bit quicker it doesn't bounce back in his face uh, and he also didn't look particularly nimble after it bounced in his face but I, I do appreciate that all happens very quickly <laughs> but it wouldn't be the first goalkeeper to kind of have one of those situations and then scramble back to stop it happening uh so i don't i'm not I'm not blaming Cameron Dawson. I'm not saying he had a terrible game, but I'm just sort of saying he he didn't <coughs> cover himself in any glory either. Yeah, I get that. So again, did you? But then uh, maybe there's a blessing of having a cup game is that we can try a lot of players who are so fringes. You know, that's the thing, isn't it? It lets you do the the big statement clear house game. <laughs> actually, it gives you a bit of a free roll on it, and then if it doesn't work you can go back to how things work for the next league game. Because they're quite short succession as well, aren't they? Friday, Tuesday is is a pretty, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's back-to-back, isn't it? So you could make you could make a case for making the changes uh, back as well. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how, how much of an opportunity he makes of, of that. I'd certainly expect to see Harris start, having not played either of the last two games at all. I think so, yeah. Anything else you'd like to mention before we sort of wrap things up then? No, it was all just pretty poor, all poor all round, I'll be honest. I don't think there's any great saviours. I was hoping Hutchinson would be a bit better than he was. He was he was okay. But limited limited impact when he came on. A little bit, yeah. 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 I think it's hard, I think, probably to be the one man army when it's so you know, it's the situation is so dire by the time you come on the pitch. Uh but uh I think by and large we've got to just make this a one-off you know in every single way the team their approach how they set themselves up it's just this has got to be a thing that happened on one terrible day and doesn't happen again that's the only way that 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 we can move on really isn't it we can't have this again it's awful and um yeah (laughs) we can't have too many of these days this is this Mm -hmm. is bad stuff Mm -hmm. but it's a bad run at home uh we need to do something to arrest that 
uh, that situation. But it does feel in some ways we're we're in that holding pattern until we have somebody else to add to the mix going forward. Because if this is all we've got, there's it's going to be a real a real limit to what Monk can manage to to squeeze out of them. Because uh, it's some real old Monker Hubbard. You know, he went to go to the cupboard, and the cupboard <laughs> is very much bare. Old Monker <laughs> Hubbard is beautiful. And on that wonderful note, we will we will say cheerio for today. Um, a bad day at the office all round. Um, I'll, we'll let poorly Luke get back to his uh, his honey and lemon and uh, convalescing <laughs> under under his under his duvet covers. And uh, you know, let's just. The main image of today, I think, that we need to walk away and think about during the week is Jeremy Berner um, working away at some young lass in a car park. Uh, so I'll say, I'll say cheerio, Luke. That note. Have a good one, Rich. See ya.